So, I made ramen, okay? It's like the the ready noodles. But all you need to do, man, is just add some some vegetables. So I added peas and carrots, and add two eggs, and that's like a it's a good meal. I see that. Yeah, and this is ready-made noodles. People are like, oh, ready-made noodles. Like, no, you can make it a little bit better. But it's also not that hard to make noodles that aren't ready-made. Yeah. It's just seen as a, the cheap thing. None. Or the lazy. You take, you take some water. You put some chicken stock. Or some vegetable stock in it. Now you throw some garlic in it, some add some onions, add some peas, add some carrots, add some noodles in it. Maybe you want to put some meat in it, I don't know. And let it sit there and boil for a little while. Maybe add some spices. Make your own ramen noodles. Mm. Exactly. Like, of course, there's there's a lot to it once you want to start doing it really well, but... Like, the, there's some nice feeling of self-respect when you make a set of noodles like that for yourself. That's true. I feel like it would be a nice character to have a roommate who always cooks too much and wants people to have the leftovers. That's a great one. Definitely it's the Arab character, man. That's really cool. Like, do you have... Have you ever seen this character on TV, television? No. Have you ever seen a really generous person like a but you know the thing is Arab generosity if not expressed in a in a in a sort of sober or honest way can seem cartoonish oh yeah I mean that's why we get a kick out of it right and I think I think we have the capability to do that thing that's so special because we know the nuances and I think that's what people lack lack when they um, I mean, it's part of the, the comedy, but they lack the nuances when they're trying to depict another race. <laughs> What's the way? Why are you laughing? Okay, so there's beautiful irony here, man. Yeah, it's like, okay, people lack the nuance in sort of expressing what they perceive this culture to be like. But the problem is this culture lacks nuance in expression of the self. Oh, okay. So, so the nuance does not exist in the Middle East. Like, that's the problem. Things are very literal. That's like, <laughs> there is not much metaphor. You understand, like, it's a very literal society. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yes, yes and no, right? Because it's a language. You can be figurative with languages. Many, I don't know. My sense is like Arabs, how often do you see Arabs express themselves with nuance and subtlety, you know? 
Like that's not the that's not the typical yeah. way. Like I, I don't, I'm not I'm not trying to say this is all people, right? But you have a pretty good chance of saying, look, okay, um, you got a an Arab person. Chances are, their their taste will be more loud than subtle. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's difficult to make any kind of arguments about that have to do with generalizations these days because of course you could offer you can always always offer the counter examples and yes there's that 80 20 rule that applies but who cares you know like in the end i think generalizations are expressing your own sort of view of the world and in the end who has the right view of the world (laughs) like who really who has the right view of anything yeah Can you hear me? Oh wait. Do you have this um, experience? I don't know how you picture it, but for me, you know, whenever you're trying to sort of determine if something matters, that you know, you start sort of multiplying it in its in its sort of scale and to to see uh, does this stack up? Like, how does this stack up two weeks from now? You know, uh, like what would this problem look like? And before you know it, you've already multiplied. You always reach that inevitable point of wait, nothing really matters anyway. And so, how do you sort of cope with that? Because doesn't don't you think that inevitably leads to some kind of nihilism where you just nothing matters? Yeah, no, I agree, man. Nothing matters, but so how do you avoid the nihilism? I'm saying, you know, how do you not become defeated by the fact that nothing matters? And how do you make your sort of world around you matter to you? How do you make it? matter in that respect you know and understand that your world your life is about you and to live it for that sake and you also know that if you give your time to 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 people and you want to give and you sort of share your generosity with people typically it feels good so that's another way of working on the self in a sort of counterintuitive way that's really cool man I think it's yeah, I don't know who 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 are the type of people that choose to be nihilists as opposed to you know the other way around because I think it, it's a dopamine thing right doing something even though it is mean, meaningless is nice it's happy it's joyful it's, it's doing things that you want to do whereas nihilism is just uh, complete suppression of any anything like of meaning. Well, say what you want about the tenets of National Socialism. At least it's an ethos. <coughs> by the way, the for the microphone, it's. Uh, I think we're gonna still have to do it by phone because uh, I don't have a separate microphone or he- headphone. Sorry. For my phone. So. So basically, it would be very, dif- very difficult for me to distinguish between. Well, not distinguish between to to put your audio on top of the audio that I'm recording. No, it's not that hard, man. Just put your my volume a little bit lower and move the microphone point in a different different direction. It's not going to be a big deal, you know. <laughs> wow, you're so right. 
Move the phone. <laughs> Move the microphone. <laughs> Move the phone. <laughs> Man, you don't. Like, you don't. You don't. You don't understand. Like, I've been doing this for 10 minutes, man. I'm just trying to figure out what to, like, shit, shit. He's saying really good stuff. Shit, shit. <laughs> like, oh, I have to tell him now. So, okay, so the damage for you on your part is that, okay, for about 10 minutes of speech, you have to sort of just, if you run it through Audacity, just lower the volume or mute the parts that overlap. In the end, you have me on my recording on my side. So, right, just, just limit the volume. Don't worry about it. No, that makes sense. I I almost believe that you might be able to sort of algorithmically with AI do that. Like there's some way to ex extract. I'm sure what someone's found that. You know, like it's I uh, the technology of course exists. We use something like that for syncing, right? And it can, if you can sync different microphones, that's that. Of course, it exists. Like I can, I can already picture the, the process that you do it as. Essentially, it's like you would synchronize them automatically using the software, and then you'd create a sort of. Um, there, I'm sure there's some kind of shortcut you can press that will separate all of the bits of speech on one person's track into blocks, and then just drag those blocks onto the other track, and I, it'll automatically mute whatever's under it. <coughs> In terms of volume. Or amplitude. Yes. Well, it's just like if it's, let's say you have a track that's just your audio track, and I drag just the blocks of my speech over your audio track, all that'll be left is your your speech from your mic and my speech from my mic. Exactly. No, it makes sense. I mean, you can do it now. That's really cool. Like, what I'm curious about is how many people who start doing podcasts and that kind of stuff actually have actual technical competence in the, the, the fields of that they're required to be able to do this. Like automatically, Automatic. as Ooh. opposed to needing to... Like how many people like automatically know how to do all of this stuff without having to research? And most people have to learn this stuff. Yeah, you're right. Even before, like, before the internet. Exactly. <clears throat> wow. Incredible, man. You know, you know, I should get um <laughs> Okay, I've decided. <laughs> I should get uh, a wireless uh, condenser, not a condenser, dynamic mic. The type of mic you have on stage, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just like just walking up and down the balcony, <laughs> holding a microphone to your mouth <laughs> as you're talking. It's like, so I was thinking, <laughs> what's the deal with traffic these days? <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's be real for a second. <laughs> and, like, there's no audience, you know, it's just an empty street in front of me, and just like, like in this little podium. <laughs> That's a great scene in itself, man. Like, this is your introduction to your, your character. <laughs> it's true, man. It's actually a it's really good. It's the introduction scene. of your character, man. <laughs> man, I really wonder so who could this? play this character. Okay, cool. Keep going. Yeah, you'd have to find someone. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be a real trip? Because, like, part of me feels like it would be a real trip to have a character who's me, but I get to, like, exaggerate some of, like, the worst qualities. <laughs> like, to, like, festoon in this idea of, like, it's me, but, like, a worse version of me. And so, in, like, in some weird twisted way, it's to make yourself feel better about yourself. Yo, let's just start that right now. Like, let's just start. Like, you can start. That's a good show. But, 
But what did we say about like committing our thought pattern to a specific we should? Remember, it'll just happen. We've planted the seed. Now that seed's in the mind and we continue moving forward. You know what I'm saying? So it's a keyword. <laughs> yes, man. Like I don't, it's the idea what we said yesterday, that no creative diversion. Just follow the path that it seems to go with and then see how many times you circle back to things, right? Because if you say an idea once, it often typically, especially when you're high, sounds like the best idea ever. But see if you reach that idea again through a different line of speech. And if you do, then clearly there's a certain pattern in your mind that is forming that you are leading yourself to each time. Like, how is it that we're able to express the idea in our mind with a string of words where we already know what the idea is that, we're, that we want to say? <laughs> like, do you, do you kind of comprehend the degree of complexity that you're able to handle just by speaking? And listening? Speaking and listening, for that matter. To, to hear the words and then to translate that to some meaning that your brain can comprehend? You know, what is it? What is it? Biologically, within my mind, and your mind, and any other mind that can produce a creative thought, what is it, biologically, in my mind? What biological purpose is there in, like, beyond any kind of, any world that we live in now? What biological purpose is there that somehow translates, like, sorry, let me rephrase that. I have natural skills that seem to come biologically. What was this meant for that now turns out to be so suitable for like making films <laughs> you know like who 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 is going to say i was born to to be a filmmaker of course not of course not nobody what what the fuck are you talking about this is like <laughs> <laughs> this is only in this generation man we've had a lot of generations of human beings nobody's born to be a filmmaker man like the percentage of time between like all all of humanity, like the ratio of all of humanity versus the number of filmmakers that are in the world or who are born to be filmmakers, that number is very close to zero. So here's the question, man. Let's say you, you condense the, like everything about your character, even who you look like, what you look like, everything, and you place yourself in a different period of time with a different house and a different culture. How does that affect you and what do you become? Exactly, but why why would you do that? It's interesting, man. Like it's 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 a dissection of your own character to try and like explore who you are, man. I just like I had this idea not too long ago, just about two hours ago. I said, what if you create a character that's just like all your worst characteristics of yourself, you know, and you you just really really go deep into it because I think what you'll see in the end is that no matter how deep of a dick you can make him, he's never like he's never going to set the world on fire. Like, people be, should be like, okay, he's a dick. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a really good... I mean, that's reflection in, in, in some of its finest forms. <clears throat> because you are you're looking at yourself ob like in a more objective manner. You're taking yourself away from yourself in order to write this character. That is that is derived from you so you're just thinking about who you are and why you are like that and if you accept to be like that man so hype if you were writing a character about yourself 
right? Tell me that, like, if what would be the, the earthly reason to keep it as close as possible to reality? You don't need to. That's what I'm saying. I agree, man. And and like you can you, you can play with, around with it. Like, I don't know what, what movie we're talking about, but still, like, what if it's me, but I am, whatever. You know what I mean? I live in Ireland. Like, or that I like to eat hamburgers every day. And just play with that. That's a that's a whole character in itself. <laughs> <laughs> just like, exactly don't go too historically complex it's just like whoever that guy is sort of like the white version of you but he lives he's Irish exactly it's funny yeah of course okay sure but you have to like art is exaggeration right of that's take a couple of your characteristics some of the things that you're neurotic about some of the things you're proud about and even like little pool a couple of them and start a, and exaggerate them not to, not beyond cartoon levels but like to a level that's beyond who you are so that when this character makes a decision they make a decision basically how you would but not always hmm. I mean exaggerate it to the extent that it needs to be to be understood well you have to be really careful there because you also don't want your character to become identified very two-dimensionally as the dick you know like I'm, I'm talking about a set of exaggerations or quirks because it's also on screen and you have to accentuate just yeah ex yeah sorry exactly what you said I've just repeated back to you what you said <laughs> but yeah the word is accentuate. That's a better word. It's a beautiful word, actually. Yeah, I agree with that. Because it's like just giving those extra two strokes of the pen to make your eyes look better. Or exactly. Yeah, man. R writing beautiful cursive. Like, I'm... I'm sure you have the same problem as me, man. The notebook goes in like weird waves depending on how you feel. Your handwriting <laughs> is very influenced by that. I, I, I don't know. Is that just me? No, you, I mean, you, 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 it's just, your mind is going so quickly that you need to write it all down now or else it might disappear. Yeah, there's kind of a luxury about the, the podcast format, man, in that sense because you just, you're talking and you feel kind of at ease you know that 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 feeling of fleeting <sighs> because look realistically i don't go back to listen to this stuff and like you see joe rogan's the same he doesn't go back to listen to this stuff but you and i and pretty much every other human being have this this feeling that time is slipping through our fingers and especially if we're creative we really feel like we wish that our the content of our mind is captured somehow so it could make sense sorry boss because, you know, oh, you have too many ideas that your hand could possibly write. And speaking into a microphone is... <sighs> it's not the type of person you might want to be. I don't know. Even though that's a really stupid characterization. Having someone listening to you very differently... Cha it, it changes entirely how you, <sighs> how you can express yourself. Because, mm -hmm. because you feel like there's some, someone that you have to convince of something. You know, and it totally, totally, totally changes everything. So it's the it's the act of thinking out loud together, right? And so 
a lot of podcasts yeah. they come together and they they all want to be self-important and interesting and look how, how interesting we are and i think let me get back to the initial point that i was saying we're always worried that time is fleeting and when you record yourself like this and you're able to express it comfortably in the amount of time that you need to be able to express your thoughts with no worry that it's disappearing you can somehow live more presently in the moment you know it's so interesting right it's this is a th i definitely need to be able to express this thought better but i think you get more or less what i'm saying no i understand it i understand it and that's you know it's a big idea you know, I've really been influenced, or at least that thing that Craig said, sort of in passing, when we were, when we had a camera out on the f one of the first few days, and he said, you know, cameras, uh, every picture you take, you create a ghost. And he said, I walked in, <laughs> it immediately struck me. And I thought about that, you know. Like, when I see myself talking on a, like, if I see footage of myself, it, it almost feels like I'm in some sort of mushroom psychedelic trip where I'm watching myself as a third person, you know, and it yeah. makes sense, yet yet somehow I have a much clearer image of what that person was looking at than me looking at that person. I don't know. There's a disconnection because, like, the body is just my body. And for some reason, I've always felt disconnected between that the body is not really the representation of the soul and the body is simply the vessel in this current iteration the body i don't know man i'm trying to like re i've been really trying to wrap my head around this idea you know i don't make eye contact very well and people's automatic assumption is ah he uh he's insecure or he's shy i'm like well i think if you have these limited low to low resolution words that's the only way you're ever going to describe anything no man it has nothing to do with insecurity it, it has to do with this idea that that's why I like to turn off the camera on fucking Zoom. It's just, if I am aware of myself as a being, it distracts me. I don't know why it distracts me. I really don't. I haven't figured that out yet. But it distracts. And so, I would much rather close my eyes and listen and feel like I'm in an audience where I am invisible. Because my perspective on the world feels so much more interesting when I am not the subjective one, but I'm simply watching. I don't know. I'm really trying to piece this together. Why is it so distracting to be aware of the self? I remember when I was uh, 16 making out with this girl and I caught view of myself in the mirror and it really shocked me. Why? Like why, why was it so strange to, to see the self in that way? Why does it cause such a negative reaction? But at the same time, I don't, it doesn't bother me that much. I just, it's strange all the time. Wow, man. With that last, with that last one, uh, I, I, I kind of felt the same, man. Like, seeing yourself with another person doing a certain act that requires you to be pretty much present in the moment every time, every second of, of the activity and like, it takes you out of it, but you're still in it. So this is a, like this dissonance, and it is distracting. But for me, it's uh, 
it seems like you have it this is something that you have all the time um so so yeah you have like a hyper focus on on right now and who you are right now and you don't really want to see yourself there i know man like it's it doesn't even have a value judgment. That's what I've been trying to understand. There is no value. Exactly. Value. There is no negative like view of the self that interrupt that interrupts with anything. Did I misunderstand you? No. What I understand from you is that it's like we can't. I don't know. We're getting lost here. It's like I cannot. I cannot give value uh, or yeah I, I cannot judge anybody for for not looking at in me uh, looking at me in the eye um, because of what you're telling me and yeah that's basically what I'm saying yeah I guess that's what it is it's that we we've we take a trait like oh not looking someone in the eye and we've we've defined it you know as a society we all agree on the definition except the people who don't look you in the eye they don't agree with that definition at least I'm sure if you ask them they probably don't Right? Insecurity. Like it's a, acknowledging the self is kind of a destabilizing thing because it, it makes you sort of have to acknowledge that you are real. But I don't know, for someone in the end, I've sort of chalked it up to the simple idea of an awareness thing that distracts me. And the distraction is problematic because I much rather listen to you. My, my favorite is if we're both looking at the same thing, talking. That's why Zoom calls I would much rather have without the camera. Look around with your eyes. Like right now, I'm standing on the balcony in Barcelona on a curfew night, and it's cold. My hands are cold, and I'm just walking up and down this little balcony. But I'm staring at this street, this big sort of wide street, two lanes with a bike path, sort of grassed bike path running down the middle of it, playground right in front of me. There's a two terraces here with the sort of closed with the closed parasols and some lights that are pointing down, some sort of modern designed lights that point directly at the ground without pointing into the windows of the houses. But there are no cars. It's empty. This big, bustling street that always, always has life on it, especially till late, has nothing and nobody. And every now and then there's a bus that passes through, except the bus is empty. And so if you have to sit there looking at a screen I feel like, okay, it sort of misses the point a little bit, but I, I get that. I think you can have a much more interesting experience than... Maybe it's just me, man. I know that no, a lot of people feel really connected when they get to talk, when they get to look into each other's eyes. You know, and power to them. I'm very happy that that's how they like to live. I, w I really wish I had the same, but I simply don't have that. I think they're different, man. I, th I don't think... And it's it's... It's very special. It's it's uh, very interesting and cool. It changes the way people, um, it, 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 yeah, like how people v judge. Like, why do you judge? Well, don't you like? There's a reason for. There's a reason for these things. Don't put well, people don't you in think boxes. That maybe I'm like maybe I'm being a little bitch. Like maybe that's just like, because <laughs> you know I have I have a tendency to be able to explain things so nicely. That, that it makes it sound like it's a convincing argument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes I have to really ask myself, it's like, wait a minute, what if I just spent a day just like for five minute I intervals or whatever, just looking different people in the eye, <laughs> just hire like 
150 people <laughs> just look <laughs> me in the eye for five minutes you yeah. know and then tell me how your soul feels at the end of that day uh that's that would be a crazy experiment that'd be a very <laughs> crazy experiment because if you look someone in the eye for one minute it's already it's already on <laughs> man 10 seconds like, there, there's one of our videos you know just sit there like i looked 400 people in the eye for five minutes <laughs> or for for two minutes each in one day or whatever you know, come up with some crazy number we're oh just my like god man and man man think of like how and if, how, yeah how <laughs> opening that would feel for the soul somehow you know oh yeah i already i already feel it and like uh, I, I just can I can imagine this happening, and I feel like it would if you did it for a large number like this. Is like if you look at someone in the eye, where you basically have a whole conversation with them through the eyes, and and they break down, and because for for one for once in their life, someone was actually looking at them. Exactly, because in one sense it's like halfway about me, I thought. At first I thought it was all about me. I didn't realize that there'd be 800 other people who were like who completely giving them their own vulnerability. And all you're asking from someone is just to sit down for two minutes and do nothing. You're not asking for anything from them, you know? <laughs> I feel like we lost that, man. I don't know why. We don't, we don't have that anymore. At least in cities. Well, of course, of course, man. But that's because people are all moving. But I, I truly believe that we're moving in the right direction. Clearly, like the, the, the values of, ev of people are changing. Almost everybody, like whether they do it or not, anybody who is aware of what yoga and meditation and mindfulness are will, t will probably think of it in high regard, right? Yes. Like in the sense that whether or not they do it, there's still that sense that if I did it, I would probably be healthier in my mind and in my body. Yeah. Right? So that's a value that people hold. I think minimalism is a value that people are beginning to hold. You know, you have a whole generation now whose parents are dying. We're talking about our parents' generation. And they're f essentially being left with houses full of a lifetime of, like, full-fledged consumerism. Because these people lived from the Great Depression through <laughs> now. And so their whole life has been the transformation of the 20th century into consumerism. And they have accumulated stuff and stuff and stuff. And now an entire generation is seeing so much stuff and becoming so like repulsed by it that they are re rejecting it. And minimalism, people don't do minimalism <coughs> and then turn back and say, you know what, I'm going back to consumerism. Or people don't do, like, really into meditation and mindfulness and say, you know what, I'm just going to go back into vanity and hookers and blow, you know? At least those that do are, are in the real minority, unless they're addicts or something, you know? But that's a different story entirely. So what I'm saying is that I think there's, there's a growing sort of, like, antibody response among the human race towards the civilization that we found ourselves in. And I think it takes a little bit of pushing until it reaches a critical point where human beings simply can no longer live this way and they recognize that human beings should live differently. It's the same with Wim Hof. You see it, right? You see that people are craving ways to connect to other people. Like, it doesn't have to be Blade Runner. It doesn't have to be this dystopia. All you have to do is come up with these little constructions of 
look someone in the eye. What are you asking people to do? It's confronting, sure. But is it painful? No. Is it torturous? Is it mean? No. It is just confronting, but also affirming. Because you could also, what you could also have, is a couple of people who are very peaceful in their soul. To sit there and for you to be able to look in their eye. People like Adil, people like Lassi. You know, and it's, yeah. it's like a company company and you just look and look them in the eye and just feel that feeling, that weight of affirmation that you exist, you know, 100%. A lot of people never, ever look anybody in the eye. Exactly, man. There's a beautiful part to it. It's not about confidence. Sometimes. Man, you know, I keep getting this flashback of me standing up on this balcony like I'm the Pope or something. <laughs> you, know, and, you know, and it's just like it's the perfect height that there could easily be a crowd under me of like 2,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> and you could imagine that easily. And you think, okay, countrymen! You know what you, do, you have to do? That's all, This is all you have to do, man, is to get a couple lights and put them on the street. And that's it, man. Like a camera or something. That's it. <laughs> and stand up there. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, like, put up a speaker system or something. Hey, no, you're right. You're not even. Just keep it simple. You're not actually trying to make a spectacle. <laughs> no, no, you're not, it's not, it's not. It doesn't have to be Hollywood. It just has to be like you're doing something of value. You're doing something of value. Isn't that funny? Yes. Isn't that the, you, hammer, you on the, isn't that the hammer on the head? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like people see cameras somewhere and big rigs and they think, I want to see what they're looking at because they're looking at something of value. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because that has value. That's exactly. Whatever they look at. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that <laughs> <laughs> We're all sheep, man. All sheep. <laughs> All of us. You may <laughs> like, as well meh. Just, what? Like, meh. Exactly. Okay. Spend the next, we'll just spend the next, like, five minutes. Meh. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Meh. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just like... Meh. <laughs> 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 like Yusra. Remember Yusra's... <laughs> 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 Yo, we gotta okay, get Yusra on this, man. Meh. 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 <laughs> but my favorite one is the <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Okay, <laughs> 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 oh, it's so liberating, isn't it? It's so liberating. I'm standing outside. I'm it's like, so liberating. I'm certain some people can hear me. <laughs> yes. And it's it's great. And exactly. Who the fuck gives a shit? Look. Yes, I get it. I get it. Some people have to go to their jobs tomorrow morning. But there's no clubs and nightlife and stuff. It's just a guy out in the balcony. Talking. <laughs> yeah, story, you know? And if you really love life, then you're going to have to listen to this guy talk like how he's talking. You know what I mean? Just enjoy that. Why can't you enjoy it? <laughs> right. 
like a guy who's having a good time. Isn't that just a better way to do life? It's just like enjoy that moment. Okay, if it's like too much, like you like you talk to him, like, hey man, what you what are you up to? Like, you know what I mean? You don't have to. Hey you. Hey. Rudy, Shut wouldn't the that be interesting? Out. Just depictions of a world where everybody is actually very loving to each other, but not in like a cartoonish way. But that, how can you approach any situation? You know, but just depictions of that world. Just this is that that world where people actually express themselves through love. Your neighbor upstairs, like, hey, dude, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? What what are you up to? I'm having a great conversation with my friend. So, yeah, what are you talking about? And before you know it, you're like, oh, oh man, what do you what do you think about? Exactly, man. You become friends. <laughs> Come on. And like, okay, so the beautiful image is like when I walk to the edge of my balcony. If I reach my arm across, I pretty much reach the balcony next to us. <laughs> so it could easily be like the buddy, the guy who's just like <laughs> right next to us. <laughs> oh, hey. You know, just two guys. That's how you become friends on, on each other on the balcony. Yeah, you just try and show you so you can see what I'm talking about. You see that? Oh wow, man! It's right there. Yeah, so you're right there. Is, and this is where my people would be <laughs> as I walk on my balcony. My balcony. <laughs> Gentlemen, <laughs> countrymen of Scotland. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, here's the bus. Here it comes again. The bus cometh. El autobus. Slowly, el autobus passes by into the wind. Carrying nobody, but still upholding their schedule, because that is who they are. Autobus España. So today we just played Monopoly. Really? And with some Latinos. And yeah, look, the game was fun because everyone was really involved. But that was not my main point of interest. We were. Um, I made lasagna and it was first time I made food in a long 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 time and it was nice it was super nice the food was of course I thought of all the ways it could be better and it excited me because I thought about how I'll make it better next time and then I I asked Maria Camila and I said hey what's a what's a Colombian dish that uh, no I said I would actually be happy to make food for people five times a week you know often I'm happy I like cooking my only problem is I never know what to cook because I just don't know what the options are really I'm not that like creative or knowledgeable about food and then so I said so what is <laughs> and as soon as I said the uh, like Colombian in a second the I gotta sneeze I'm <laughs> 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 uh, man <laughs> Fuck, man. That was a real, uh... What the fuck was I saying? I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> uh, Colombian food. Yeah, so I said Colombian, and she immediately said... Ah, what was it? Bandeja... Cubano, Chile, bandeja... No, no, bandeja paisa. Paisano. That's what she said. Uh, something like that and so in other words next weekend I'm gonna cook a Colombian dish for them and it got me thinking he said let's say you're a single guy you know wouldn't it pay for you to learn like let's say there's a couple cultures of people that you're really interested in you know how about you learn to cook some of their dishes and cook them really well and the next time you meet one of these women 
and say, hey, listen, I can actually make a really good hero. <laughs> and like, I, I can cook you your own national meal and it'll actually be pretty good. Wow. Yeah, that'd be cool. pretty cool, man. I think just it improves your quality, man. And in the end, like it's not out of manipulation. What you're doing is learning a different culture's food and learning how to make it well, right? You're not hurting anybody. You're not yeah. manipulating anybody. You're not playing a trick. Like, look, I get it. As soon as you add some sort of motivation that, okay, well, you're doing this actually to increase the chances that you get a high quality mate. Um, well, that's a, that means that it's actually questioning the integrity of your actions. But truthfully, man, let's be honest, what do you do that is not motivated by maximizing your value for the sake of seeking a high-quality mate? Wow, you're right. At least, well, I'm not sure if that's for men, to be honest. I think men are more concerned about offspring, I think women are more concerned about their mate, but... You can tell me that you think that's a stupid view. I don't know. No. <sighs> you know, I've been understanding the Coen Brothers movies lately. And yeah. I've described it to the Colombians <laughs> pretty well in that I feel like the Coens have tapped into this idea that men have an obsession with paternity and that paternity means just leaving something behind to affirm that they existed, to affirm that they mattered. And you sort of organize your life to make it seem that you mattered, right? Whereas it seems like women are far less concerned with mattering because women are more about living. And I think that the difference is that women have guaranteed maternity. It's, it's just biologically guaranteed. Yeah. And men do not. Like, even if you do father a child, you simply cannot know for an absolute, absolute fact in any physical law of nature that it is your child. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And That's really cool, man. <laughs> so they explore this angle from everything in the, the big Lebowski. And then remember, there's the other Lebowski, who's also Jeff Lebowski, who happens to have the same exact name and because he has the same exact name this Lebowski our Jeff Lebowski will be even more forgotten he doesn't really even care about a name he doesn't need to pass a name he just goes by the dude <laughs> a name because that's probably how they decided they're like this guy doesn't even care about passing on his name he goes by another name what do you call him what's a generic name a name that means nothing but is also kind of relaxed you know that's just a name a nice name that doesn't identify him necessarily, you know? He shouldn't be like a turtle or something, you know? He's a dude. <laughs> He's a dude. He's the dude. The dude. That's the name. That's that the name. That makes, that makes sense, man. I really, I find it a very important exercise for me to really, really, really try and understand how you reach an idea. Because only then do you begin to understand sort of how they... Because creativity is not arbitrary, you know? It isn't. There are rules that are followed. It's just not arbitrary. It's a, it's a reaction, and typically it's a logical reaction to something. Whatever logical is. <laughs> yeah, man, these are... These are deep, man. I don't know, man. I always question if they are... <laughs>
<laughs> or else, like, or they're just like squiggling along the surface. You know, maybe, maybe who knows? Like sometimes, maybe we'll ask Sarah to listen back to this and tell us if it's all nonsense. Yeah, right. <laughs> just, I have no way of gauging. We can this. hire like a Fiverr guy to do that. Exactly. Just some guy. <laughs> We ask a couple of them just to listen and give us their honest feedback. <laughs> Yo, man, that's such a Nathan for you thing to do. <laughs> and just like be next to him and take notes. <laughs> just give me your honest feedback. <laughs> but just like one on one, you know, we exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Dude, so hype, I'm telling you, man, you have the capacity for the straight face. I really think you do. I think like <laughs> if you ma if you master if you master holding onto it, <laughs> it can be really really funny, man. Because you have this total blank stare you can do, and nobody can read a single thing in your mind. You're right, man. I mean, I have to trust you on that because I don't know, but yeah, I guess I do. But, well, I can tell you that no, we, one thing we agree on is that we can't read you. Like nobody knows what you're thinking, <laughs> which it, it's a, at least uses, you know. <laughs> <laughs> man, if I made my own Nathan for you, wow! <laughs> of course, man, it'd be but like the thing is, our Nathan for you, I wouldn't necessarily want to want to fuck with people, right? It's a different kind of fucking with people that doesn't. Yeah, it, like, well, it doesn't hurt them. Okay, well, here's the thing. I thought about this actually recently. I was like, wait a minute, Nathan's not actually hurting anybody because by virtue of putting them on his show, there's a big audience guaranteed. Every one of these businesses gets some kind of like. If you live in that area, you start going to that ice cream place. Because <laughs> that's the Nathan for you one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think because the fans are diehard fans. Like they bought the jacket, you know? They would do a lot of their businesses. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure many of these people's lives changed after being featured on this film. On this uh, TV show. So although it may seem that he's sort of being mean to them, I'm pretty sure at the very end he must say to them, guys, look, it was just for the show. It's a comedy show. Look, you're gonna be you're gonna get some good exposure here. I don't know. Uh, it depends. It depends. Like, it just depends. I think I think Nathan understands that he has to make people uncomfortable, but at the end, I think he does simply just apologize. I don't know, you can't be such a dick, right? It's just, you have all the producers, you think all the producers are dicks too? That that's the corporate policy? That's just deal with people like we're all dicks? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work that way, you have a bunch of producers, they're like lessies. You think they're gonna like go along with that shit? Not at all, man. He's a professional. Not at all. That's what I'm saying, it's like, it's not like you're actually hurting people, it's a show. I really don't know, man. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. I mean, in the end, it's fine. Look, they, what they say to them is like, please go along with what we do. You know? Yeah, imagine. And a lot of the time is like, Ugh, okay, uh, this weird show is doing this weird thing with me. Like, people aren't stupid, you know? They don't think that they're going to be saved because of it, I think. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I'm sure that the pizza shop, for example, like the under eight minutes delivery... Like, I'm sure he's gotten business, man. <laughs> I, w I think so, man. I do think so. Because he always names the business and says, says where they're from. Exactly. 
It's it's promotion for them. Promotion. I'm like promotion. You know, the thing is, although you know that episode where they do that that fake rescue of the goat rescuing the baby pig? Yeah. Or the other way around. Yeah. I forget which one. So and then at the end he says, I chose not to like put your name on it. And I f- and it's like, why would you do that, Nathan? That's so mean, you know? Because you got so much exposure and you're not going to put her name on it. Yeah. And I feel I feel like you must have thought, look, you, you're going to build your whole fame on this joke that we played, which it was clearly not true. And I think in the long run, it's going to hurt your reputation more than it'll help it. Listen, you know? man, because you're kind of hurt both ways because if you go with it, then you're kind of, you know, you're a fool. But if you don't go with it, then you're also a fool because there's exposure. Yeah, but you're not because in the end, like anybody who watches the show will show that you had nothing to do with it. You know, you were t- they were doing it all. Clearly, you had nothing to do with it. And there's enough evidence of that fact. Agreeable. Yeah, man. And I'm in my shorts. <laughs> and it's... Uh, Probably around four degrees Celsius. Four degrees? It's cold. I don't know. You tell me what the temperature is in Barcelona. <laughs> I'm just trying to estimate. It is in Barcelona. In Barcelona. Do, 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 do. Reggie Watts, what? Reggie Watts, it's nine degrees. <laughs> you know, I was thinking in this little intermission that it would be interesting if we just had these little hand recorders and you have the conversation on your Bluetooth headphone and it's just the conversation travels across the world because, you know, sometimes you're always talking to from different places and you just have to come up with a construction that keeps it flexible because we keep thinking yeah when we're in the same place when we're in the same place well dude we were in the same place for three months we were just too busy like you just need to come up with a construction that works and having a little zoom recorder held to your mouth while talking with a microphone perfect you know you don't need a dynamic mic the little zoom recorder is a mic you know and it's just you hold it up to your mouth like you're talking it's a mic I mean that's one way of documenting and what's the deal with background noise? Well, people cannot ha- handle sound. <laughs> like, just understand it's like audience laughter. The bus is passing by. Just a second. <laughs> like, people say, well, you're wasting people's time. They, well, can you tell me honestly and objectively speaking why listening to a bus pass by is less valuable than listening to my voice? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it just gives you part more context. It gives you. I mean, yeah, I, lo- I love how you downplayed, but <laughs> it's it's just it it's the world that you live in right now. There's no bus right next to me. Exactly, man. Doesn't it like it transports it transports you a little bit closer to some different place? You know, before you know it, you'll be standing on a balcony in Amman. You know, 
and you'll hear the sounds of Amman in the background. I think you, we owe it. You, you need to get the Zoom recorder. Let's, uh, we'll sort that out, man. I'm happy to uh, contribute. Anyway, we'll figure it out. We'll see, man. So that each one of us has one? Yeah, the same one. I think it would be pretty good, actually, if it's the same one. And it operates the same way, a small one. So it's the type that you can actually keep with you. You know, because that's the point. I mean, to be honest, there might be something even better. There might be the possibility uh, of putting some sort of microphone on an iPhone. I feel like, like Yeah, there definitely are. But, I don't know, maybe that's... And you have to start going into the technical things. <laughs> of course, like in the podcast, you start thinking about technically how you need to achieve the things that you need to achieve. <laughs> it's meta. It's so meta. That's what, they call it. That's what the kids call it these days, huh? Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't say that word ever until, until like I don't know, when I, uh, college, and high school students were saying it. See, people don't really understand what it means. Metaphysical. I don't know what meta is actually in. Isn't it under, like the the under layer, or the behind? Uh, it's denoting position, so just a position. You, like, you change position. So, metamorphosis, yeah. you change. And so, so, a meta-humor is when you change your position and you understand that now we see it from a slightly different angle. Oh, we know what we're doing, you know? And it's a very quiet night here. You know, and you can see the stars pretty well. We recently discovered, I, knew, I need to go up there. I honestly think, because with this curfew, I could just get in the car and have a camera with me, and I don't believe anybody could actually stop me. Because truthfully, I'm just a photographer. Yeah, but just, it's still curfew. Yeah, but they say that the, these things don't apply if you have work. You know? Oh, like okay. Work is a valid reason to be able to, like... <laughs> They're trying not to have to shut the economy down completely, you know? It's just not reasonable. One sec. That makes sense. That's exactly what you should do. gasoline truck. What? That's exactly what you should do. Yeah, right? Isn't it? Just grab the camera. Take a tripod. Go, um... Capture the city at night. Uh, I work for the... The Cat Catalonian government. Man, I have my media pass, dude. Just wear it around my neck. Exacto mundo. Oh, it's pretty early. Do you ever think... How much do you think about, like, what you need to do tomorrow? Oof. Good point. Um... I'm aware that I've said that on Monday I would like to work, like get get to work, but the thought doesn't cross my mind other than a than work, like whatever that means. No, just like you know, I'll do it. Like, like that's that's it. There's no planning how it's gonna be done, how which approach I'm gonna take. 
I definitely don't premeditate things like that. Maybe I do. I don't know. You're asking me something that I'd have to think about a little bit further before I can answer fully. I mean, there are to-do lists, and there are just like it's the way people organize their life. Like this is how you think, you know? Is is it detailed? Is it timed, like scheduled? Or is it just this one block of things? Or like multiple blocks? You know what I mean? It's just how people organize their life. And the relationship of time. Their, their relationship with time. Can you elaborate? Understanding that if they're like... If someone is to say, I'm going, oh, I need to work tomorrow. And like in your, for example, in your context where there's no nine to five, like someone else might be like in the same position, but like say, oh, tomorrow I have to do these five things um, before I do this thing. And that's how, and then I'm going to do this at night. You know what I mean? That's it. <laughs> like it's just a different way of your relationship with time. Is it detailed? Is it like... You don't want to waste time or is it just like this block where it's like this is what I'm going to do and I'll finish it when I finish it or I'll figure I'll figure it out. I think you'll just figure it out, right? So when I got a little bit distracted, <laughs> there's a truck that just passed right in front of It's the type of truck that carries those bicing bicycles, the ones that sort of bike around the city but they sort of get imbalanced where people park them and where they should be stationed for the following morning. So some trucks move them around. It's just like this truck with a big frame behind it and a whole bunch of bicycles. And <laughs> like inside the truck, you hear blaring Hindi, like house or pop music. <laughs> and it's the only car and I'm just sitting there watching. And I'm the only person out here. Nobody, nobody... Nobody sits on the balcony at night in Spain. Like in the Netherlands, people would definitely sit out on the balcony. Oh no, they sit out on the balcony at night, of course, but not in the winter. I mean, yeah, the balcony's oh. for the outside. It's for when it's warmer. There are people walking. But what about the curfew? What about the curfew? <laughs> Why are they outside? <laughs> Who's this character? Oh, it's like, yeah, I think you should leave. Tim Robinson. Why are they breaking the rules? Who is that? That's uh, Tim Robinson, you know? I mean, it's not it's oh, his style. Yeah. It's no, not, no, it's but it is. <laughs> it's the character. Um, what did I just think about? Yeah, um... No. I was supposed to meet up with someone uh, on Thursday and then they canceled and then she was like, well, we'll reschedule. And then I asked, like, when are we going to reschedule? And she's like, well, it's uh, it's going to be pretty uh, uh, dangerous tomorrow with the violent protesters because of uh, the elections. So I would say uh, after the inauguration, we'll meet, we'll meet. And, like, I don't know, man, if I'm not taking this not seriously, this whole thing, or is it that people are, like, scared? Because that thing is happening way down there, in the, like downtown. Like, I don't want to... Listen, uh, did you respond? I did. I mean, I was respectful to her, to her preservation, so... 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you would rather be with some people who are a little bit more uh, interested in danger. Yeah, but I'm. It's it's yeah. You're right. Danger. The hope I can give you is that women are not like that outside of Washington D.C. <laughs> for the most part. I don't know this for a fact, but it, this is a good hunch, and I think the. F I, I think I'm gonna trust you on that. No, well, that's just a speculation, and you know me, I like to speculate. <laughs> oh, so, so interesting. I, mean, I do like to, I do like to speculate, man. People look down on speculation. Speculation is what you do when you watch like a detective movie, you know. We're all just trying to figure it out. Why can't we try and come up with our own answers? Because we have to trust fucking science. Look, I get it. Science comes up with a lot of answers, but science methodologically is an entire system that's based on a certain type of thought which totally excludes a different kind of thinking. This science was based and born in ancient Greece, the way science derives conclusions. And this whole idea of science is built on this principle of objectivity, that you need... Objectivity is based on, ob like, ob objectively observable facts, you know, that are that are real observable facts. But then somebody asks you, wait a minute... Is objectivity an, observ an observable fact? No, exactly. That's, it's, it's, it's based on this assumption. <laughs> all, all of science. Since Thayer mentioned his qualms with anthropology, I have pretty much everything I've read seems to follow exactly from the moment he spoke. To the, like from every single thing that I've read has had a really strange relevance to what he was talking about. And this idea that in order to study anthropology, really, when we study other people, really what we should be doing is studying ourselves through them, not studying them. Yeah. <clears throat> now, I don't understand what that means exactly, but I understand where it's coming from. Well, like you, if I were to study you in the interest of learning something about me, you know, what I'm, what I'm trying to learn about myself, about my, my relationship to money, I'm trying to learn about my relationship to my parents, you know, based on the contrast that I can use, the reference point that is you, that gives me a different dial to understand myself. Because that's different really context. the only way you can, you can find it, or you can know, right? Context. It's just context, right? Everything around us looks normal. Like, we consider the idea of being clothed to in, with each other's company. That's the civilized thing to do. We think naked, being naked together is savagery. But wait a minute. Wait a minute, why? You know, if you think about it, why? And each time you ask yourself why, you begin to realize that everything you know is based on a construct that is that is passed down from a particular type of thought. Yeah. And it's not to say right or wrong, it's to say we simply don't know. You know nothing. You think you know what you know, but what you know is just within the pattern and the like canon of thought that human beings have created. Yeah, you're right, man. All of it is just su subjective, and and uh, honestly, the book I'm reading too, man. It's all of this is like one wavelength that we're all, we're all on. I don't understand why. I think people spend too much time occupying themselves with the why, when clearly we all know that that's not a question that we're gonna get an answer to. <laughs> yeah, it'd be very like it's simply not, you know, but. I think we keep going after it anyway. It's a little bit like Don Quixote, right? 
Isn't that sort of what that story is truly based on? At least that's how I understand it. Maybe, maybe we must read Don Quixote, man. It seems like there's some real literature out there that needs some reading. Like, what is the longest story ever written? And can we hire someone on Fiverr to break that record? It only, only cost you like a couple hundred grand. That's it, really, to break that I record. That number seven. The thing is, like, in some sense, someone has to be able to legally tell you that what you're, what you That's are doing is a story. story. And someone's gonna say, say, well, wait, what constitutes a story, <laughs> right? Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, anything is a story. Like, I could just put some incoherent words. Wait, somebody has to decide that it's coherent? What, you can legally tell me that it's coherent or not? Do you see why it's so hard to like to come up with laws that, that govern the creative world? Yeah. So essentially, the law, the law, when it comes to creative work, has statements, that's, uh, clauses that say something like, generally accepted professional work. And the funny thing is, man, I think everybody watching that has a pretty much the same definition of what that means. I mean, right? yeah, they're always going to be so, haters, but... But for the mo No, professional. D don't talk about the value of whether or not you like the story. Professional product. Yeah. You know? And sure, some people with a less discerning eye will say yes. In a second, little truck. will say yes, a very professional product. But most people won't. Or they will, depending on the product itself, of course. One sec. I, sus I just walked through the bedroom. I suspect that Lessie has put the Mozart on so that uh, she doesn't have to hear me talking on the balcony. Oh, is the, is the balcony near the window? Or the living room? Yeah, right in front of the window. However, I don't think it's a massive bother. It's the music and it'll solve her problem. She's satisfied, I'm satisfied. We don't think much of it. So this is an, an interesting position to be in because now the question, oh, the question becomes, when the conversation slows, do you say, do you take that as a signal and say, okay, that's it for the day? Or do you think, okay, maybe this is an interesting creative position to be in. What happens when it slows? Like, actually, let it happen. You know? Who cares if there's content that keeps coming? Why do we have to fill always with sound? Silence is very valuable. Or maybe it's like, look, let's be honest. It would be nice to have some silence, but come on, we're doing it. <laughs> if it's just silent for an indefinite period of time. <laughs> that would be funny now. That would be funny. That would have, yeah, that would have been funny. 
you know, do you ever have this thing? I don't know if you you had this feeling as a kid. You know, middle of the night, you need to go somewhere, do something in the middle, like in the house. One second. Let's say you're you know you're up in your bedroom or something, and you have to go do something in the kitchen. So you don't want to wake anybody up, and the whole process kind of feels like Mission Impossible. Oh yeah, man. That's how I felt with the microphone. Finding the earphones. When was this? Just like right now. <laughs> like when we started. Man, these buses are obscenely loud buses. Charging through. Yeah. Are you down to watch something? Always. So that kind of a similar uh, time frame of uh, what we had yesterday. How do you mean? Of the of the length of this of this file, it's pretty similar. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. Oh, we were supposed to watch the film. The yeah, I'm open to it. I think that the subject of conversation would be so interesting with travels involved, you know? Yeah, because you're seeing so many new things, man. Because we're not, we're really not the types of people. We're like, so we're traveling and we're in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to talk to some Mexican people. <laughs> like we're not these kinds of people, man. Like I haven't found a lot of people like us. Not to say good or bad, just I haven't found people like us who just are like us. Like instead of saying that, they'll just say like, man, they sell mangoes on the street. That's so cool. Exactly. I want to talk to this mango guy. Let's talk to the guy who sells mangoes. And they, oh no, what happened there? Okay, okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you start talking about that. And then, like, you, you, you jab, you gab with him for a while in like Mexican Spanish, and the people are like, wait a minute, this guy can speak Spanish. And, like, his Spanish is pretty good, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's how people's impressions are. You know, you know, you, you walk around and you pretend like you're a tourist or something, but then you speak the native language. And at least you speak it well enough. Exactly. Because you and I definitely, let's say we, let's say we were going to go to Croatia or something. Wouldn't it be kind of worth it if we had two weeks leading up to it to do some like intensive Croatian of course, crash man. course? You know how much that adds to the experience? You, you know, of course you do. Just to be somewhere where you actually know the language. And not just enough, exactly. just enough to be able to communicate with somebody you would never had, like, and understand them on a completely different level, just because of those two weeks. And we film the whole experience where what we do is from the moment we step in, now, like, we, within, like, four days, we can only communicate in Croatian within four days, you know? And, and in these four days, we, and in these two weeks, we hire Croatian teachers 
multiple Croatian teachers to come and teach us Croatian and to sh- to put that we only have Croatian music on, Croatian podcasts, Croatian <laughs> movies oh and TV God. shows, reading Croatian, just totally, totally surrounding with the language for two weeks and film the experience and then see where you get and then go to Croatia. And just from there, that point on, like, it's a two-week experiment, you know, like... Why the fuck not? Man, I feel like this would be our next... <laughs> this is the next project. Like, <laughs> This is... Uh, right after I finish this uh, mm. filming, this this, uh, this film, and if you have nothing, then this is it. <laughs> it's it's another one of these concurrent ideas that you want sitting there running running around our minds, you know? Just one because of at any moment, man, once we feel like we need to jump on something, we already have it. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. There's There's, there's things that are clear and easy to jump on, and all we have to do is essentially like it's we take the isolation seriously you know there um maybe we we do it in croatia already maybe that would make more sense like surrounding yourself in croatia but it's just it's an intensive course you get there because yeah it doesn't make sense to do all that croatian stuff in in barcelona well the catch was that it was that it is like that you're not in croatia and once the the first step you take in in croatia you're already speaking with the locals and like finding okay. out different things, and that, I mean that's that was a catch, but it doesn't necessarily well, have to I be mean, like that. Because you have to practice talking to people, so you'll have digital teachers, you know, who, yeah, who, who, who teach you. Because you can pay them; it's not that expensive, man. Yeah, yeah, it's really not that expensive. Two guys, you know, have hire Croatian teachers over Zoom. We do it for many hours in the day, but we keep it active, we keep it like engaged, and we're super engaged learners because we want to do this well, you know. So we're not gonna like sit there and like okay, <laughs> yeah, what's like, the next rule? <laughs> and we ask, we, we we look for some like innovative teachers that that maybe you have like some set of sensei that's like all right, you know, I'll. You want to learn Croatian in two weeks? I'll teach you in two weeks. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? And then, once you do it, like, <laughs> you say, okay, we're going to Kazakhstan. <laughs> exactly. <You know? laughs> we're going to Nigeria now, you know? And you do it again. Like, I wonder how mentally intensive it would be. I'm sure it would be intensive, but it's an intensive way. It's intensive in a very different way than you ever see on YouTube. That intensiveness is always physically intensive. So how about like a, you just show that we're not superhumans. You and I are not superhuman people. We're just like, what you need is the enthusiasm, right? You need to have the desire. Really, yeah, exactly. But this is what's interesting. In Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, he describes the word enthusiasm. What you need is enthusiasm. Another word for enthusiasm is desire. Enthusiasm comes from the Greek in theos. To yes. have God within. Yes. I remember reading that this. Is what you yeah, it's very beautiful. And that's where you get true education. Exactly, I read it to you. That's where you get real education. If you, when you're really enthusiastic. So, if two of us we set out to do this, two weeks is like it's a good amount of time. That's a lot of time to surround yourself. And I can tell you, you would have never ever looked into a language like that, and like, like nothing in your life would have compared to what you're doing now. You, yeah. You, you find Croatian friends somehow via Discord or God knows what. You join their groups. You just sit there and you listen and you try and participate with it. You find pen pals, people to talk to, but you just actively do it, you know? And you have budget to do it because you're filming it. (laughs) Wow, man, yeah. You have budget because you're filming it. And in the end, it's like, the whole point is we can't pretend to really understand the culture. But our idea is if we're ever going to travel anywhere, we don't want to interpret their culture through the lens of what 
just just our everything. How about we at least communicate in their language? It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be one of these things. It's like it's an immersion in a in a way where you can try and see a different perspective. You know. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm changing the subject, but imagine, man, if like if this King's video becomes like it's gonna be very close to anything for you, where like we start contacting people and it's really exciting, and then like we try something and then it just doesn't work, and then suddenly nobody's responding to us because they think we're losers, and then we just discover that people are just like the basic meaning of whole this whole video is that that high school friends suck and like they don't want to talk to each other. And it's a depressing thing, and then just like Nathan is, or like us, it's just like this insight is just sadness in the end. <laughs> and that's it. And like I later realized that, and then it's just like a corny line that distance is real. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> like and that's in the, the end, video. it's good content. It's just the video is just this n- turns completely d- different, like just different direction. <laughs> Listen, so hype. The bottom line is it's good content. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have to be able to anticipate failure, man. Like, of course. No, you have but to. this is possible. That's all I'm saying. This is very possible that will happen. Yes, I, I'm, I'm fully, fully aware of that. <laughs> Which I love. I really love that we're doing this because, and that they like, you know, <laughs> saw it with us. Because look, the, so hype. I, I don't. Oh. I, I don't look. I don't think it has to fail. Come on, it's come on, no, man. No, you, you, you no, know no, what no, it no. is. You know what? You the, 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 I mean, listen. The idea of failing is is just this th- metric that I that we both think that we know. But this this video cannot fail. It is a, is a, it's a it's a video of a process, and that that's the that's the video. And like we can make it the way that we want it to make or want to make it. But so it can never it can never be a failure. All I'm just saying is like. Like, if nobody answers, or like, you know, these worries that people have. Like, what if they actually happen? Like, what will we do to, to get their attention? Yeah, exactly. And in the end, what I hear is, like, I, I imagine in high school you had some sort of, like, popularness insecurity, right? I mean, I sure had a little bit. Oh, yeah, of course, man. Sure. Of course. And I think because because you're, like, a... You're a little swarthy. <laughs> it made it hard to like mingle with certain kids, you know. See, I like, this, I don't. <laughs> so it's, it's such a great word because it's not ra- Like, you cannot interpret it as racist. <laughs> like, it's just it's because you know you know have a little bit more melanin than us, than than the rest of the people. Like, exactly. <laughs> And just like imagine you read it without the word racism in your vocabulary, it's just like it's a it's a distinctive statement. Exactly, it's a dis- it's a it's a distinct know. feature of what I I see in you. And exactly, and then the 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 response would be well, these other people who are of lighter complexion um, are more comfortable with that which they are familiar with, and therefore are drawn to themselves in an equal way that those who have darker complexion are more drawn to people who have the same complexion because people are drawn to people that look like themselves wow it just happens to be that the group of people who have the lighter skin who look like each other happen to also have sorted out a system where they have a lot they have managed to win 
in the competition. And because they win and they like to be with people who are like themselves, that is what happens. It is not racism, it is the nature of people. So when we keep distinguishing people by the color of their skin, when we keep drawing attention that skin color is what makes what defines who you are, you are simply perpetuating a system of racism. And therefore, if you want to truly eradicate racism, you must listen to the words of Dr. Martin Luther King, who said to judge not by the color of the skin, but by the content of the character. <sighs> Hear ye, hear ye. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> exactly. You know, maybe that's it. Because we're on the balcony, it's like all speech becomes speech. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, man, you should, like, you could have, you could have, like, just actually yelled it out. And, and like, people, <laughs> I would have listened <laughs> if I was in the street. <laughs> and then. And then the door opens from behind me. Hey, Leslie. Hey, uh, Rob. Could you lower your voice, please? Yeah. Right. No, that's what she said. That's what happened. Okay. <laughs> this, this happened or happened? Just. Yeah. No. This just just happened right now. The moment it happened, I relayed the information to you. Oh my god. <laughs> so now I lower my voice, and, but I think it'll still be clear. I just maybe bring the microphone in closer proximity. I mean, that's fine, man. Yeah. Yeah, of course it's fine. <laughs> What's the big deal? That's fine. Yeah, it's all good. You're going to hear a couple clicks here and there because I'm just insecure as to whether or not I'm actually recording anything because I can't actually see the waveform in the mic. Oh, really? Because, well, when you talk to it, when you talk into it, you're, the screen is um, like out of your vision it's weird well, anyway should be fine I mean let's be honest if we were sort of fueled by some form of passion for something you know you could you could speak convincingly at least I know about myself I could stand up and string together what sounds like a passionate political speech that sound that makes all that also makes sense I mean yeah that's a that's a skill you have my friend just this power of speech or at least I don't know if it's speech on the one hand it's like speech but also being able to like in an instant see the entire stretch of your thought that you have to understand that you're drawing a path of the words that you're saying to form a logical flow and somehow it takes just one millisecond to understand that entire thought and then it takes a lot of time to put the words to it to be able to express that thought to people yeah but the funny thing is the thought, the initial thought is the idea. And in some sense, the expression of the thought is the first form of execution, right? And so, and that's what, where we got back to the podcast format. By being able to actually express the thought and talk to each other, you are, what you're doing is you're filling in the details and you're actually sort of putting proof to your idea. You're seeing, does your idea work? Can you actually bring it from the point that you thought it goes to the point that you thought it ends? And if you can, like, it's, that's the act of conversation. And as soon as you hit record, you feel like you're here to talk. You know, yesterday we talked about the idea of distraction. You know, like, it's impossible to avoid distraction. But you look at Joe Rogan. When he's doing this podcast, no distraction. 
there will no, be no distraction. There simply isn't. He's just hanging out. There's no phone. And so, exactly. And so if you decide to do this, this whole podcast type of thing, what it is is you're saying, I want to commit myself to having periods of the time when I have no distraction, where there is one thing that I'm doing. How many times do you have that? Where there's other than being at work. But even then, the difference is, when you're doing the podcast, your mind can't be elsewhere. You know, if you're if you're doing the dishes, the one thing that you're doing is actually just your your physical body's doing something, while your mind is elsewhere. But in a podcast, your both souls are present because both are communicating to each other. Exactly. So it's a very interesting activity, you know. Because as I said, I'm not interested in hearing what. He, really listening back to it, I, like there's a there's a security I have in the format because I feel like any good idea that was expressed in a particular way, it's nice that it's recorded because perhaps somebody might be able to derive some kind of value from it or even like remind me of it. And it's nice that it's recorded because I take speech kind of, I put a lot of pride in the method of speech to try and articulate ideas, and part of me maybe it sounds like a really conceded statement but part of me feels like i'd like some form of document of that you know how 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 are thoughts expressed in a in a way that's just more than a passing little moment you know a little low resolution glimpse into somebody's world it's really cool man but why do we feel this need to have this document you know it's just another form of affirmation you know that that we matter in some way and it again it's just this primitive desire that seems to exist with men so I had this, th- this thought men are more concerned about their name and I think women are more concerned about their family that's why I think the Arthur Miller had figured it out with the crucible with the it is my name it is the one thing man spends his entire life building it's his name you know that is what he's building and so <laughs> building name clicked for me I remember when we were talking at Madeira and they were saying for their development, for their fundraising, they have a lot of trouble getting women to put their name on buildings because women don't want to put their name on buildings. <laughs> They're not ca- they don't really care about their name as such. They are creatures of now. They live on this planet. Wow. You know what I mean? And men, it's very easy to put their name because their name, if you put your name on a concrete building, you will exist for a long time. You're a building. It's like the biggest dick you can have. You're a Pretty much. You know? And you know what? You know what's another dick? A street. Everything. Long dick. See how that's long this is? Exactly. <laughs> that's why the longest thing, roads in, in everywhere. Road exactly. Is, <laughs> like road is the thickest and the longest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make it the biggest, <laughs> the meanest, the blackest. <laughs> <laughs> the thickest road or and then like the most important the thickest most important roads <laughs> oh, so and that's the the core of all the corn films man Ben's obsession with having their name matter because why does it matter why do I seek comfort in knowing that like, by me speaking, and I think because the reason, 
I choose to speak is because I think I have value to add. Like, that's not a... People say, oh, you love the sound of your voice. Look, if I'm talking, I believe I'm adding value. I don't just talk because I want to be liked. I I talk because I want to add value to anything. And so this idea of recording it, it's... You feel like, maybe I'm potentially adding value to someone else's life. You know, maybe. And... Because isn't value everything, really? Like, maybe it's because I think about this idea of wisdom and the way that I think people ought to look at their focus. Maybe this perspective is something that not everybody has and that might be interesting. And as a result, by recording it and doing it in a way that's at least in decent quality, that's pleasant enough to listen to for some for an extended period of time, Yeah. maybe it's just a... You feel like, well, it's a nice experience for the soul, for the self. You and I enjoy doing it. It's a nice activity. It feels enjoyable to do it in the process and the moment. You never overthink it. You live in the moment in a podcast, right? You never are living for tomorrow. It's in the exact moment that you're having the conversation. So from our side, it's enjoyable. And in the off chance that there's one sole human being elsewhere who feels like they might derive some value, Sarah, I mean, you know, if you're listening, (laughs) Sarah. (laughs) Sarah. At some point, just let us know if there's any value to this whatsoever, or don't. You know, (laughs) in the end, what's value other than your own subjective opinion? But if you could derive value from it, let us know. Why not? You know, it doesn't hurt to to know that. It's not like it's a secret. I feel like that impulse to watch things is... (laughs) It's sort of like an impulse of weakness in some sense, right? Like if you were doing the Joe Rogan podcast, you wouldn't say, hey, do you want to watch some Family Guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. It's not, I don't, I think it's okay. But it sh- it sh- that shouldn't be the reason. You know, you don't want it to be the idea that you want to re-watch it or re-listen to it be the reason why you're doing it. It's more because of... Okay, no. Yeah. You get... But I think Joe realizes that by letting people sit there for that long, it takes some time to get over certain types of hurdles. And having that long format, the, the, the feeling of three hours feels so broad and open and roomy that you can really go into certain thoughts. And he gives you that space to do it. Yeah, yeah. The, the long form. You know, actually, that's exactly what it is podcast is the type of format where you know you no longer have to talk to each other about each other's personal lives you know because that's and that's that, that that's sort surface of, ob- of that that obligatory that. customary speech where hey how are you doing how are you doing what's your family like how was the kids and you're just like let's get to some other, something else some form sort of source of curiosity that two people want to talk about I mean, it's it's good to t- to talk about those things, right? It's it's important to understand where they are now, the situation now, everything that is affecting their way of thought and what they're doing. But it, the long form allows you to to get rid of that, you know, just finish finish that, because uh, you know, not the most interesting thing to keep going into, but to st- and s- to start thinking about you know ideas and discussing them and ad- advancing them and developing them but you see already how naturally today I, we already referred back to a couple things that we've spoke about yesterday there you go so and this you know if we were to be nitpicky it's this is this has come you know much later in the podcast so why why 
<laughs> this is how we get it. If we hired like five different people to write a summary of this episode, wouldn't that be such an interesting experience? <laughs> like, how do you summarize? How do you summarize what we're talking about? Listen, this will be very meta because whoever's listening to this right now, no, we're talking to you. How are you going to summarize this? Really, I'm curious. Because I, I feel, truly, I feel like an asshole making someone listen to this. I really, actually, it's like this I deep agree, weird I feeling. agree. Like, it's like I, I, feel, I feel like there might be some value to it, but for the most part, I'm like, really, like how much value, for making you, you know? listen to this stuff. But if I'm paying for your time, whatever, like, if that's what you are happy to earn for, for giving me your time, your time, well, okay. Who am I to argue? You exactly. Know? So it's it's about how they value their time versus how you value their time. And I mean, look, there are worse jobs to be had. And in the end, let's be honest, you and I are not talking nonsense. Like there's some sense to what we're talking about, right? It seems like there's some sense. It seems like it too, yeah. Is that enough? Yeah, I would assume so, right? Maybe. I would like to. Huh. <laughs> wow. It's so quiet. And, you know, I. the funny thing is I'm, I'm not aware of the cold at all. Like, uh, my hands feel numb, but it's a numbness that I experience, not a cold. Like, and this is... It sort of seems to have coincided... Like, the first day we do the podcast is also the first day I try the Wim Hof method. And I feel like there's some sort of... And it's the first day I go on a hike. And then today is the first day I, like, cooked dinner for a group of people, at least for in a long time. You know? And so, it's that type of experiences of, okay, what are some things that I can do for the first time? or what? Because now immediately I cooked and I have this thought, I want to make that lasagna better. I want to use more garlic. I want to. I would definitely want to add a different type of spice. I'm going to throw some red wine into the tomato sauce. Use a different tomato sauce. Season the meat a little bit more interestingly with some more salt. Use a better quality cheese. And then suddenly you're like, man, that would be such a delicious lasagna. Add some calamala olives to it. And suddenly you're thinking creatively about it. And you're expressing. Exactly. You have, to start, you have to start there. Man, look, I've never, I've never claimed that I, I'm not interested in food from a creative I know, you really What I realized is that I just don't know a lot about food. If I read more, I'll know more. And things that I know more about, I'm interested in. That's the case for anything. I'm very interested in everything. Everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, curiosity is a strong feature of yours. And yeah I understand and I think I you should keep doing it's a it's a it's a blessing and a luxury to ha- to be able to try different things or new things um a lot and not you know I'm not saying like like financial luxury but it's a it's a great feeling to have to be able to try something new every time every day or every now and then because it's it's an exhilarating feeling it's uh, putting yourself out there and seeing something you wouldn't have not seen before so this is why we should somehow as a general theme encourage more and more people to try and consider teaching because really the idea of being able to a have 
very interesting, beautiful days, depending on how you choose to make those days, of course, with the people that you interact with. And of course, you'll have to deal with some problems here and there. But to be able to have such free time, so regularly, free, free time, where you are able to explore these things, where if you have a high-powered job, and you have high power, high power stress in a high power white collar or high power white collar job, you know? It's like, are these things that you want in your life that you're thinking of your work all the time? You know, the reason I'm really attracted to this 48 hour idea for Kings, and it's the same thing I feel I want to really accomplish with the film guys, is I like the idea of condensing a project within a period of time because these restraints work and if you limit it to a period of time you can compartmentalize it. You say this is the time we have and when it's done, it's done. It's over. And that should be the goal. It's over at that point because the overlap is one of those things that just it, it's murderous because overlap is it takes a long time. So if you if you express to the client this is the way the process works because we understand that this is how we respect our creative capacities we do not overlap projects can you respect that this is how we do the process can you deliver us the feedback in a short period of time when we deliver it etc 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 just set the terms of engagement and if they say yeah we can do that you know why why not make them jump through the hoop a little bit In the end, like, why not do the project in the best way that you want to do it? In the way that you think will deliver the best work? And why, why do you have to make life easy for everybody? And there's nobody else in the world that offers anything like what we do. Yeah, man. Give respect to... It's, it's like... That's just another removal of ego in some sense. It, even though it doesn't seem like it, but it's, it's to be able to respect the creative process and to give what it needs to be given and nothing else and nothing more or nothing less and uh, it's it's for the sake of the product and future products I guess too that's exactly it that's what I was and I think I next in the next couple of times and I'm able to articulate that pitch better what we were saying to Rami today yes we showed our passion and excitement but it's that's it it's for the sake of the product and nothing else like it and we understood, and we've understood by having been creative professionals for a while, that the creative profession has to, by definition, be a very engaged one. You have to feel engaged. If you're engaged, that's when you feel you're creative. And when you're creative, you express yourself well. You come up with interesting ideas that serve interesting purposes. And those ideas are the ones that you want to explore. And so for the sake of the product, you need to find a situation that engages you. Don't call it fun. Engaged. And if and, that's and not it has to be interesting to me. It is th that, that doesn't mean that um, everything needs to be 48 hours, right? It just needs to be as much as it, as it should be. So, you know what I mean? Like, if a two-week project needs to be a two-week project, then it's a two-week project. But it needs to be engaging. And the product needs to show that it was a two-week project, for example. There's I mean, you know... I guess part of me likes, like you and I both like the time pressure sometimes. You know, it's a it's a it's a constant stressor. But I don't mean stress in like the 
psychiatrist type of way but it's like a f in a physics term it's a stress that, yeah, yeah. that creates a, a tension and the tension is good it's a it's a good type it of tension to, it needs to be a healthy you tension. have blood that flows through your veins you know like you're aware of moments you're aware of time you're aware of the passage of time you're aware of the value of time like it's a it's an adrenaline experience and i think if you can somehow create an existence that balances balances the two and the reason i and this is why we get to the heart of it if you can confine everything into a certain period of time but it means that in between those periods of time you don't do that in the in between those periods you relax and do what you want so they don't overlap into your life and that's the value and if they don't overlap into your life you stay creatively fresh and you serve a better product to all your clients i mean that's the hope right yeah that's, it's, it's and that's why you put the rules that's why you put the rules and so yes, I, you can. You may seem that it it puts you in a bit of an uncomfortable or unreasonable position, but in the end, what you're buying are creative people who are going to try and express their creativity. And you have to understand that there is a risk associated to this. That risk is that it may not turn out to be the exactly the thing that you want. But we're hiring. You're hiring creative people, and you can look at our body of work. To, to judge and extrapolate whether or not you think we might be able to make something. Sometimes we come out of left field and we try something totally different. But if you're willing to take that risk with us, based on everything you've seen from us, join us. You know? Because once you set that type of expectation, I think it gives you a much more space as opposed to saying you're going to get exactly what you want. We're going to make you sure you are happy. Like, I think we're at the point where especially when Deerfield stuff comes out and COVID is like when people start wanting videos and wanting to engage this type of stuff again people are going to be wondering like okay we want these guys and it's for us to say okay look we only have a certain amount of space so we want the clients that are going to play by our rules that want to play the game the way we want to play it mm. yeah, so it's, it's, it's a great way like there isn't some value that like your job, along with like two other people, is to go to a school a week before we get there. And your job is just to try and get to know everyone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. really get to know people. Like you, your whole experience is like, you have all sorts of games and ways of getting to know the people in deeper ways. You know, so when it comes to the the, the seven days we have for the video making you're able to somehow tell the school we also what we need is some people to clear the schedule and what we can do is we can offer credit or whatever some form of like value to the experience that the student can can give their time for it because these students are pressed for time you know and so but we need people to actually give their time not like a little five minute window it has to be a more interesting thing and if it's not just doing an admissions video but doing an art video an artist together with the school it suddenly becomes a totally different experience for people and it becomes a different type of commitment. You're not serving the school's marketing interests. You're simply creating something of beauty in the name of your school mm -hmm. within your school being the facilitator, you know? And so if you say you want to make a short film about a student and that a student achieves something interesting, but you set it at your school and in seven days you make that 12-minute short, short film, why not, you know? Why not? Yeah. Schools have captive audiences. Tell me, man, if you saw in your timeline somebody made a film of a student having, like, and it's pretty, it's, it's well done, it looks like a TV show, but it's set at Kings? Yeah, yeah, it'd be a great way to explore it. It'd be attractive. Everybody would watch it. 
everybody and if it that's what i'm saying that's just one idea and it's not an idea i've had many times like it's not even that far out of the box i think if we really wanted to come up with ideas there's so many we can come up with you can but you cannot sit there and say let's just come up with an idea you just gotta start talking well you feeling tired uh, yeah I'm stretching hey man I'm open to uh, calling it if that's what you want yeah let's do that <laughs> let's do that <laughs> Uh, hypothetically. Alright, sign it off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we should do an intro or an, and then, an, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, just don't overthink it. I mean, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just gonna press stop. Yes. Alright. Is there a particular moment? <laughs> oh.